We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got a lot to discuss today. As always, we've got playoff series to break down. We've got some news around the M- the, the MVP. We do have news around the MVP and news around the NBA as well. So I guess that's where we should probably start off. Keith, the stock market is getting absolutely destroyed today. So let's talk some basketball to take my mind off of that. <laughs> Nikola Jokic officially winning the MVP. Well, at least according to Woj, not NBA officially, officially. But when Woj says it, we know it's it's happening. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I've seen a lot of people moving around on, on Twitter that are not happy when I mentioned on Twitter that, hey, look, you could have picked Embiid, you could have picked Jokic, could have even picked Giannis and probably, probably could have made a strong argument. I've got a lot of people who are upset that it was not Joel Embiid. How do you feel about the selection of Nikola Jokic? Yeah, I, I think... Jokic was fine. He made history today. No, or this season, I should say. Nobody has made mm-hmm. uh put up the kind of numbers he put up. His team was was good. His team was on par record-wise with both Giannis and Embiid's. I have no issue at all with, with Jokic winning. Um I also would have had no issue with, with with Embiid and Giannis. And quite frankly, I'm glad it's over because I'm tired of the arguing and fighting and everybody, you know, this is is one of the problems is you say you think you know well deserved Jokic wins that means you hate yes. Embiid and hate yep. Giannis and all this stuff and then you know you're an idiot if you don't support the other guy's candidacy and you know all the things that people say you know about all this stuff it's just you know it's just aggravating and and it's all so disingenuous and just trying to pump people's own own guys so yeah I don't you know that's all all nonsense I'm just glad it's over more than anything else there's no one that got burned here in this. There's no one that that should have or was snubbed in this situation. Look, there's a lot of players in the NBA that are really good. That, that's that's what it comes down to, right? The NBA has a lot of really good basketball players. There were a handful of that were at the top that all could have had arguments to win it. One guy did, and you can't look yep. at it and say it's you know it's not like Embiid went out, averaged 40 and 15, and they yeah. get, and and the Sixers had won 70 games and they gave it to to Jokic instead. No, I mean, look, exactly. it's extremely close. No matter who you picked, you were going to have people who are fans or stands, I guess we should say now, of one particular player who are going to be upset. So whatever. I, I think it's just fine. No problems with it at all. Um, all right. Yep. Let's let's get into some of the playoff series. We've got some news to get into, some coaching stuff and all that, but let's talk some actual games that happened. 
Uh, let's go back to Saturday's game. I guess we'll, we'll start with the, the Bucks and Celtics game three. Ended up being really close. The Bucks, they did that thing where teams in the last, what, five minutes or so of the fourth quarter, they start to play run the clock and go away from what got them the lead to begin with. And usually it winds up with the other team kind of catching back up and creating some interesting scenarios. And we saw that. Uh, Boston looked like they were going to come all the way back. Al Horford's tip in at the buzzer came just after just after the bell to tie up the uh, the game and send it into overtime. So the Bucks do escape with a win. Keith, I know you've got a ton of thoughts on, on this. What did what was your takeaway from uh, or takeaways from Celtics versus Bucks? Yeah, it's um you know more kind of thinking of what does Boston need to do differently to win game mm-hmm. four and even this series back up is they Jason Tatum has to show up. Yeah. He was absolutely awful on the offensive end, one of the worst offensive games he's ever played uh, with the Celtics, never mind playoff games, period. It was really, really bad. Um, And what I wrote right after the game was, if Jason Tatum is missing shots, that's one thing. When he becomes a non-shooter and he was passing up some good looks, that's a whole other problem. You can win if he's going to miss shots. Other guys can step up. If he's not going to play basketball the right way and he's going to be like Ben Simmons out there and not shoot, you can't win. It's just, it's not going to happen. You know, might as well pack it up and go. So that's, that's a huge problem. Now, what's encouraging is every single time he's been bad like this in his career, he's been amazing after it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, you're looking at a big, big game four. team wide. They need to quit with the turnovers that are letting the Bucks trigger their transition offense. Milwaukee has struggled all series long to score in the half court against the Celtics defense. They rarely have been able to string together more than two, three, you know, uh, possessions in a row of good offense um, in the half court. So it really just turns into don't turn it over, especially the live ball turnovers that then let everybody get out and running. Like it really becomes a control that, that you can control the pace of the game better. And the Celtics have a great shot at winning this, but I mean, those things are all easier said than done. They, they got to come out and do it. Yeah. I mean, look, you're not going to stop Giannis. We've seen that 42 and 12 from him to go along with eight yep. assists, two steals, two blocks. He's, he's a monster. He's an absolute monster, but you can't. But you can't make it hard on him. Yes, you can make it more difficult on him. He shot better than than fifty percent from the field, sixteen for thirty from the field. You also had Drew Holiday, who didn't shoot very well, but dropped in twenty five, and that I think was a, was a problem for uh, for Boston yeah. in this one. You mentioned Jason Tatum, not a great night, ten points, four blocks. I mean that that's something, but yeah. 0 six from three, four for nineteen shooting, just a just a terrible performance. Only three assists. Sometimes you see a guy where they have a poor shooting game. And they make up for it by getting rebounds, getting assists, things like that. Jason Tatum, yep. none of that in this one. Al Horford, though, my goodness, 22 and 16 with five assists, mm-hmm. two blocks, four of seven from deep. I, I mean, again, I, I would assume that he has somehow found the fountain of youth or, or something like that because it's like we're seeing 25-year-old Al Horford out there and not 35-year-old. He's been, yeah. been absolutely incredible. Uh, Marcus Smart just one for eight, came back in this game. Do you think next game he's better because he's a little bit further removed from from injury? Yeah, I think so. He looked a little very not a little. He was very out of rhythm, um, and he looked a little off uh, early in the game. 
game just as far as like it didn't seem like he was fully trusting his leg and and all that but once he kind of get get that seemingly we sorted he really was able to to get going and play much better so so i do think that that is um you know something we'll see i think he'll be much better around uh, much better this time around okay let's jump over to the grizzlies and the warriors this has been a fun series, Grizzlies and Warriors. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, there have been you know, some some heated moments, certainly. Uh, no Dylan Brooks in this last one. Obviously, no Gary Payton the second. The Warriors, though, ultimately cruised to a win. 142-112 to 112 in this one. Now take a 2-1 series lead. And now there's reports that John Morant, Taylor Jenkins, saying he's probably out for Game 4. I want to say that... The, the Grizzlies are in big, big trouble without Ja, but we've seen this team all season succeed without Ja. I, I don't know if they can do it in the playoffs or not, though. He has been the engine. He's been the guy scoring uh, points well above 30 every single game. Had 47. I mean, are the Grizzlies really done if they don't have Ja? Or do you think we can continue to see what we saw in the regular season where they find ways regardless of whether or not Ja is playing? Yeah, I want to believe that they'll be able to get it done and make it competitive. But some wins, those are not the Golden State Warriors on the other side. You're not on the road. I I, I think it's it's uh, gonna go a different way here. I, I think you know I think they're in real trouble. And if they lose this one, maybe they can get that bounce and come back mm-hmm. and win Game Five at home. But yeah, you know, I picked Warriors. I thought it'd be a good contested series and then the warriors uh would steal one on the road and get it done and, and that's kind of still where i'm at so i you know i think we still go six games and the warriors still win but but it wouldn't surprise me if this is a 3-1 deficit uh headed back to memphis because i just i just don't see how they're going to get enough they've struggled so much to find mm-hmm. offense by john morant so you know if he can't play um let's talk about it now too jordan Poole didn't do anything dirty the knee thing, yeah like I'm, it's so this stuff is out of control and like stop sending still photos of stuff like it's it's completely it has no bearing on what actually happened like it's it's all over twitter like all these still photos of of different things like like that's just you know it doesn't actually tell you anything about what 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 happened in the course of the play and and i know people like these are professional athletes they make you know a million splits at a time yeah one of those is not let me grab this guy's knee and pull it he was reaching for a loose ball and he got his leg like it it happens and and there were prior where it looks a lot more clear like that's probably where Ja actually hurt himself there was a drive where he landed super awkwardly mm-hmm. then he went out and contested a three and he uh with one of the warriors players as he contested and that was you know another problem so i just i it's it's just dumb like like now everything has become this referendum on you know oh dirty player and dirty play and you know i mean great let's throw everybody out and we'll put you know mittens on all these guys wrap them in bubble wrap and play some different game that's not basketball stuff happens like move on well i mean nerves are a little bit frayed after the dylan brooks and gary payton the second thing and so I think that's that's certainly a factor here. Like if that hadn't happened, this probably wouldn't be as big of a deal. But people are reacting because of that, and that's kind of already already in people's minds. So I, I think that's part of it. But still, I look at this game. The Warriors shot sixty three percent from the field and fifty three percent from mm-hmm. three. They they are tremendous. I don't think they can do that again. But without Jaw, 
I don't know. I mean, Tyus Jones is going to have to step up. Uh, De'Anthony Melton's getting more minutes. He's going to have to get going. And even then, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, Dylan Brooks should be back in action. So that helps a little bit just in terms of giving them a, somebody who can create, at least for himself. But, yeah. uh, I mean, Memphis is, I think they're going to be in a, in a tough spot without, uh, without Jaw. Yep, agreed. All right, moving on. Let's talk a little bit about Heat 76ers. That series is now tied up at two apiece. 2-0 now with Joel Embiid back in the series for the 76ers. Uh, James Harden was fired up. The Philly crowd was fired up. The, this team uh, really had it going. And, you know, Miami did their thing, and there were a few points where it looked like they were going to close the gap, but ultimately Philly was able to get the job done. Uh, now it's a best-of-three series. What are your thoughts on, on Philly-Miami? Where is this headed? Yeah, I mean, we said it. It was the other day. We said if Embiid doesn't play, this is done. Mm-hmm. If Embiid plays, they have a chance, and that's exactly what's happened. Philly is is a very, very different team with Embiid. Right? Break, breaking news: team is great. One best player MVP <laughs> candidate. Yo, know, it plays. I mean, I mean, we're not trying to be you know you know silly here, but obviously, like that is the the you know major difference that has happened. And what he does is he forces Miami out of the defense they want to play because you have to account for him at all times mm-hmm. you have to account for him with some size on him uh and then the the next part of it is changes their defense completely he is just back there kind of roaming around doing his thing um he's not chasing bam out of bio out you know by the arc he's just playing back he's kind of dropping off him and do, doing his thing and miami just does not have the shooters especially off the dribble shooters to really hurt him when he's just kind of hanging back there it's it's a lot i mean this is a lot of jimmy butler Right now, part of that's Kyle Lowry doesn't look right. Yeah, like he, he's clearly hurt. If this was the regular season, he one hundred percent would not be playing. Um, you can tell. I mean, he's trying to get through it, but at some point, you got to wonder: is are they better off with Gabe Vincent getting those minutes? Are you better off with put the ball in Tyler Hero's hands and put Duncan Robinson back in the rotation because their shooting has been abysmal, really, all series. It's just now. Um, it looks even worse because they're losing uh, two two in a row. So we'll see. I think we've got a real series on our hands now. Um, I'm curious, does Miami get that bump? They're going to go back home for game five. You know, rollers always play better at home. But, yeah, it's it, they're they're certainly in trouble when it looked like, you know, as, you know recently as you know, three, four days ago, this might have been a, a walkover. I mean, you've got 40 out of Jimmy Butler, plus six assists, two steals, two blocks. He was fantastic but the team shot 20% from three. I mean, that's that's the game right yep. there. That's that's the game. Um, so in Miami's got to find a way to start knocking out shots. I mean, maybe you do dust off Duncan Robinson, who we haven't seen in quite a while now, and see if he can give you a little bit of uh, floor spacing, a little bit of shooting that I think they could certainly use. And there should be, I know they're all concerned about, well, Harden and Maxi will target him in pick and roll. Yeah. Yeah, what did teams do for the last two seasons? And he made the NBA Finals right. with him playing a ton where all teams did was target him in pick and roll. So you ought to be able to figure that out if you're you're there. I just they, They've got to get more shooting on the floor because this is – Philly just keeps shrinking that floor and it's making it really hard on Miami to score. I mean, Harden dropped 31-9, and 31-7-9 as it is. I mean, that, yeah. this was his best game of the series. I think he hasn't yeah. looked great in the series. But you also got 18 out of Maxi, so you're not really stopping him anyway. Like that's that's what we saw in this last game. Exactly. So if you're not going to be stopping them anyway, maybe you do need the floor spacing that Duncan Robinson can bring and the the shooting. If you can get obviously better than twenty percent, that would be ideal. Uh, Phoenix and Dallas. My oh my, 
this series this series is really starting to get get interesting here um where do we see the, this thing going the Mavs now tied it up two to two and now we head back to Phoenix are the Suns we we said were the strong favorite going into this series are they in trouble here we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, I mean... Maybe ish. I think Dallas has figured some stuff out defensively. They've they've uh, switched some stuff. Um, it was weird that Phoenix, after really um, doing well with going at Luca, especially in game two, it was like fifty plays or something like that that they ran at Luca, um, and they they got a ton of points off those. Um, that that really switched up and Dallas did a good job of kind of scrambling him, hiding him, even if it meant giving up some shots at times, they weren't going to let the Suns just run their actions right directly uh, at Luca over and over and over again. So yeah, I, I, I still think Phoenix will figure this mm. out. They're the better team. Um, they've got the better players so that they'll still figure it out, but, but they, they have to now, right now, now it's not a case of there's no more, uh, there's no kind of play. You don't have any. You're not sitting on any kind of real advantage. You, you've got to get this done uh, here. You know, moving forward because they they are in some trouble. Chris Paul fouled out in just 23 minutes. Not something that we expected, certainly. Uh, and then you had I thought Mikhail Bridges was kind of invisible in this one, and he's he's been really good, but he he yeah. wasn't really doing much in this game. So no, they, especially on defense. Yeah. It was surprising. Just, yeah, it wasn't really there just, on defense. Yeah. Just kind of floating out there. So hopefully, hopefully we see uh, a bounce back from those guys. And then this yep. can be a, a real close one, I think in, uh, in game four, five, sorry, game five of the series. All right, let's move on to some news. We've got a coaching hire. That's now official. The first one to come off the board and it is not Mark Jackson. Instead, Mike Brown, gets hired by the Kings. Keith, you and I talked about this just the other day that there was some word that uh, Kings ownership, Vivek Maradive, he wanted he wanted Mark Jackson, whereas the front office wanted Mike Brown. Apparently the front office wins because Mike Brown gets a four-year deal to coach the Sacramento Kings with the goal of ending the playoff drought. Is this the correct hire for them, for the Kings? Uh, I mean, I'm going to... I'm going to play kind of right down the middle of time will tell, right? right? It's if he, if he can get them to the playoffs, I mean, if he can get them to the play in, that's already a kind of a win, but if he can get them to the playoffs at some point, then yeah, it, it was the right hire. I mean, do you just off the top of your head, how many years since they've made the playoffs? Do you know? 
it's like 16 or something like that. Yep. 16 yeah. seasons. That's after making it eight seasons in a row from 1999 through 2006. Um, in their Sacramento tenure, Rick Adelman, the only Kings coach with a winning record. And Mike Brown is the 20th Kings coach uh, since they moved to Sacramento. So 19 or 18 guys have finished with losing records as the Kings coach. Uh, and now here, here we go. So I, they, they need, yeah, I have a piece that'll go up on spot track later today, about their off season. Yes. They needed to get the coach right. And I think Mike Brown will be fine, but they have to, have to, have to figure out this roster. It's, it's a mess right now. You have to figure out how do you get Fox and um, Sabonis. Sabonis playing well together because you that's what you hitched your wagon to yep. moving forward. These are going to be our guys. These are going to be the ones who drive everything for us. These are our, our franchise duo. If you can't figure that out, boy, you are you're really going to be in a bad spot. And they, they, they've got to get all the pieces right around those two, especially those two guys have not shot well now for you know a couple years. And it's very inconsistent and up and down as far as jump shooting goes you know obviously you know sabonis is a great finisher around the rim fox is a good driver but yeah there, there's a lot of work to be done uh, for this team for sure yeah i mean look sacramento it's we've been calling them the kangs for a reason they've made a mess of things for quite a while now uh mike brown is he the guy to turn it around i don't i don't know um i know he's he's known as a good defensive coach but man i mean i keep looking at the western conference and thinking who falls out Right, like if the Kings are making the playoffs, who falls out right now? I, I good, good, good luck, right? I mean, especially if the Blazers yeah. start to load yep. up again. I mean, that's that's going to be tough. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you look at the West; it's hard to predict a team that's suddenly going to fall to pieces. And again, it happens every year. I'm sure there's going to be injuries sure. and all all kinds of stuff like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. But just on paper, right now, the Kings really have their work cut out for them. And I don't know if just bringing in Mike Brown and suddenly thinking he's going to be the guy to, to turn it all around is going to fix everything. I think they're, they've got to make some big moves this offseason. I don't know if those moves are there for them to make, but they've made, they've made their decision. They've got a coach now. And again, he's got a long history. He was, he's been good with the Warriors. By the way, he will stay with the Warriors until the conclusion of their playoff run. Um, yep. he's been very good with the Warriors. He deserves another, another chance here and, and we'll see what he can do with it. Yeah. To your point, the only two teams, I feel confident that the Kings will be better than in the West next season are the Rockets and Thunder, yep. just because of where those two teams are in their rebuilding phase. Everybody else. I mean, they'll be better than they'll probably be better than at least two, maybe three other teams. If so, that puts them in the play in. And in, in they're right, right in that mix uh, to be a playing team or in the mix to be a playing mm -hmm. team. But again, you got you got to get the roster stuff right, because this this roster, it's just really kind of a jumbled mess right now. Meanwhile, we we use what use the uh, phrase that you use. We take the five now down south. And we go we go back down to L.A. <laughs> the Lakers, um, Mark Stein reported the other day that they are taking things very slowly in their coaching search with the idea being that perhaps Doc Rivers and or Quinn Snyder could come on the market. That's what we've been saying for a while, what we've been kind of expecting out of this situation. Uh, obviously, if the 76ers get through the second round, Doc's chances of sticking around in Philly go way up. Uh, Quinn Snyder, we still don't know what his... It's his decision, really. I mean, Utah, everything we've heard, they want to keep him. Quinn Snyder, it's all depending on whether or not he wants to stick around 
that's going to determine whether he's even on the market for the Lakers. But that's obviously a factor here in the Lakers going slow right now. At the moment, it's just the Lakers and the Hornets that are searching for coaches. So in that regard, there's not a lot of competition out there either. So you could say there's not they're not really in some huge rush to try to get this done like today or anything like that because of because of that. You don't have to worry about other teams just grabbing up all these coaches before you can do it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's that that's your um, you know, worry, but I guess if you're the Lakers, if you feel pretty confident that maybe we'll get one of these two guys and that's the two guys you want, then go. Um right now, now you're only working against the Hornets. Mm-hmm. So that that makes it easier, right? You're not uh, you know, there's not, you know, six, seven teams out there all interviewing the exact same guys. So yeah, now what you that's where you don't want to wait too long, Correct. but you're really talking probably one more round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think anybody who makes it to the, uh, to the um, East or West finals is in danger of losing the job. I don't even know that maybe doc, that's the only one I think of these final eight teams that could see, see a coaching change happen. I think everybody else is pretty uh, comfortable with where they're at. So, yeah. So I don't know that that's a huge worry to have, but yeah, I mean, it's something you gotta, gotta take a look at for sure. All right. Um, let's, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about your Orlando magic. Jonathan Isaac is hopeful to be ready for training camp. Um, hasn't played in two seasons now. Is this, where, where are you at with Jonathan Isaac? I mean, so much potential. Got the, the long limbs that just seem to never stop. We, we said, go, go gadget arms. He's got a lot of upside, but again, these injuries have been absolutely devastating. If you're the Magic, you kind of have to assume that he's not going to play and then just be pleasantly surprised if and when he does, right? Yeah, I mean, to some extent. You I mean, also have to figure out how... Yeah, that's it. The roster building part, you've got to figure out, you know, where are we going to go, right? right? Like, like, where are we, how are we going to gonna put this together as far as how we build out this roster? Because now you've got, you've, you know, these are two lost years. Last year, fully expected, tore the, the knee up in uh, the bubble in early August. You knew he wasn't coming back, like just with the timing. But then to miss the second whole season, and he acknowledged um, there's a piece on the Orlando Sentinel by Kobe uh, Kobe Price, who's a magic beat writer for the Orlando Sentinel, um, where he drops in a whole bunch of quotes. And one of them is basically, um, you know, it's, it's Isaac owning like, yeah, there's a hamstring problem too, which tends to happen when you're going through knee stuff because of just the way everything works together. So, yeah, it is um, – I, I just don't know, right? It's it's just, you know, you kind of, there's part of it where it is, hey, whatever we get out of this guy now is a bonus mm-hmm. and we feel good about it. But there's a bigger part of you have a lot of money invested and you got to start to figure out how we're building out the rest of this team. Um, and is he going to be part of this or is truly our approach just going to be uh, whatever we get, we get and we, we move along. You know, I, I'm keep my fingers crossed for him. Hopeful that he can come back and play because again, he is, he was at one point, one of those guys that everybody kind of had their eye on like, Hey, this guy could be something, this, this young player. And now we've, he's missed two seasons. Um, hopefully he can come back and, and resume his career and then have success this next season. I think he makes Orlando that much more dangerous to have out there, but I mean, beyond just what the team can do, ideally just get healthy, get him on the floor and, uh, and hopefully he can stay there on the floor yep. this season. Exactly. 
Uh, Keith, we got to end with a, a sad note here. Word broke today. Uh, former Timberwolves player Adrian Payne uh, passed away at the young age of, of 31. Um, you hate seeing stuff like this, obviously. And, and we have more detail on it now, oh, too, no, I didn't which see is, that. makes it even worse. He was shot to death oh my gosh. Um, here in Orlando. Um, at a home on Egret Shores Drive, as is what the the uh, press release from the Orange County Sheriff uh, works here in Florida is. It's the vast majority of the policing is done by the county, um, not the cities. Um, so Orange County Sheriff would be the one who would cover. And yeah, Adrian Payne shot to death at a home um, here in the Orlando area. Uh, they do have a suspect who is charged with a uh, first degree murder, um, and just you know. Too way too young, thirty one years yeah. old. I'll never forget with Adrian Payne, um, the way he was. Uh, um, gosh, I, I'm I'm trying to look it up and I can't remember her name now. I want to say it was Lacey um, something when he was at Michigan oh, State. Yeah, she was the young Michigan State mm -hmm. fan with with uh, cancer and the way that that friendship and bond developed uh, between them. Um, and how you know that that was just it was it was everywhere as they 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 went on that that run. Uh, Lacey Holsworth. I apologize for not getting there. So just you know, really, really sad. They're again, they're thirty one years old. Just you know, to, way way too young. You know, for anything like this and for the way it happened is just you know, really awful. Yes. Yeah. Terrible, terrible news um, that has hit, obviously, the basketball community. All yep. right. Um, so we are, we mentioned this over the weekend. Uh, we are going to attempt to do Suns versus Warriors tomorrow night. However, I am traveling. I actually have to catch a flight uh, in just a few hours here. So I've got to do a little bit of work. I, I'm heading to Atlanta to do some stuff there. So... I don't know for sure what my schedule is going to look like. So just kind of keep in mind that I'm going to try to be around to do uh, Warriors versus Suns play-by-play -play tomorrow night. If we have to reschedule, which is what we would do, we would just push to probably the next game. We'll let everybody know for right now. I'm fingers crossed. Hopefully nothing gets in the way of that, but I don't know exactly what things are going to look like on this trip and in terms of the timing and all that kind of stuff. So just, I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Just be forewarned. We ideally would like to do this, but some stuff has come up schedule-wise where I don't know 100% that it's going to be there. Should have more details hopefully tomorrow, and then uh, we'll put it out in tomorrow's video. But thank you, everybody, for yep. joining us. Appreciate you guys for coming in. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. Of course, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya.